Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. You can follow the show on our socials, True North CF Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And just search True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So, let's jump into the news of the week. So, we got more details on the AC Leonard suspension, which we reported on, I believe it was last week. Uh, basically what happened is, the dude stuck around for four extra hours and just couldn't provide the sample. It wasn't him just being like, nah, F this guy. It was just, dude couldn't piss, I guess. Apparently, he was just that dehydrated after a game. Like, he was, yeah, he was there for four hours. Like, that's just, that's crazy. And, yeah, I just, he says he had nothing in him. So I'm curious if the league will try testing him again after a game to say, okay, let's see what's actually in there. I will say one thing that we didn't mention, and I don't think it was news when we recorded last week was that he received an additional game suspension. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So for, this week again for roasting. Uh, well, this was only week two of his suspension, wasn't it? Yeah, no, this is week two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Got, yeah. yeah. Well, it's week two and then it's next. He's got week one more first, week right? and then yeah. he's back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because uh, he played labor day. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was labor day. Sorry. Yeah, no labor day was uh, the game. Like following is what got him suspended. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, so if you want to like, yeah, I'll give you benefit out of the doubt on saying that you weren't able to provide the necessary supplement. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but dude, you can't be doing that. Like, yeah, you're a professional athlete. Yeah, yeah. That, like that's it. what annoys me more. True. Like you are supposed to be a star of nitty, and seeing something like that is not a good look on anybody. So. It's unfortunate. And for those of you who are wondering, no, you can't chug a bunch of water and then provide a sample. Apparently that's not allowed. Uh, I just checked up on that to make sure that wasn't a thing. Hmm. So, on to some better news. The (laughs) Red Blacks have potentially solved their quarterback problem. They have signed former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Devlin Duck Hodges. And if you're wondering how he got that nickname, I just checked. During his freshman year at Sanford, it was because he constantly talked about duck hunting and duck calling. So there you go. That's how he got the duck name. Hey, I didn't know this, but he signed through to the 2023 season. Yep. Wow. Three, three year deal. So, so he's going to yeah. be around for a while. Yeah, like they're they're looking at him for maybe a potential future. So, wow, that's good on them. Hopefully he does something there. Yeah, this yeah, is like the know. Mason Fine contract where it's very rare for rookies to get three-year deals. So the fact that he got a three-year deal actually says a lot. So they definitely are going to expect some returns on this investment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then Carter, I think I might have cut you off. Did you say anything? Uh, No, I don't think so. I didn't really have anything else to say on that. Piece. All right, we're good. And then this is your point. So... Chris Jones was hi- officially hired as a defensive consultant for the Argos. Uh, 
Will he make all play calls on the defense this week? Or he will. That's not be? that's not a question. That is oh. a statement of fact. Ooh, alright. I'm here for it. Um yeah, just for those listening, we have a little Google Doc that we read off and it says, yeah, like Chris Jones is hired as defensive coordinator for Argos, comma, will make all plays on Deep this week or all play calls. Um yeah. and yeah. I mean, I think there has been an issue. I don't know if he had COVID or what uh, with the defensive coordinator, but he's not able to be there. So they have Chris Jones making all the calls this week. Oh, yeah, their former well, defensive coordinator. Uh, what happened with him is all MLSE employees are now required to be vaccinated if you're playing for any of their pro teams. Mm. And all of a sudden, two of their coaches vanished. So yeah. that kind of just explains itself. Yeah, that was that. I think actually third down had something out on that, that one of them for sure was because he doesn't have the shot and he's not getting it. There you go. But exciting to have Chris Jones back in the league. I mean, he just abandoned that school that he was going to coach. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's nice to have him back in the league. I'm curious to see uh, how that's going to go. It's wild. Expect a lot of blitzes from the Argos defense. That's one thing. So let's move on to our game recaps here. Calgary lost to team that they should have crushed that we picked unanimously for them to beat. They lost to the Thai Cats, twenty three to seventeen. It's a shame. <laughs> I talked about how I wasn't feeling a hundred percent on Bo until I saw it happen again. Until I saw him play good again, and then I still picked Calgary, and now I'm kicking myself for it. <laughs> Speaking like, of Bo, wait, Taylor, you're saying sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, speaking of O, he was actually doing so poorly, he was holding this game. Jake Mayer came in and was extremely productive. So, I gotta ask, do we have a QB controversy in Calgary right now? I, uh, I 100% think so, honestly. Like, uh, Bo's just not where he's at. Maybe he's still not healthy and that's the problem. Like, I think he could still compete, but if Jake Mayer's doing it for you right now, like why not go the way that's got you some actual wins so far yeah exactly i mean you're seeing Bo, and i don't know if he has like you know lebron james style gm power within the stamps organization like maybe he is the one saying like i am playing because maybe he doesn't want to lose his standing with the team but yeah it just doesn't look good it seems like every time he steps on the field his uh his stock diminishes a little bit through it's just i don't know he even in 2019 i think after he came back or, or i don't know he just looks he looks different for me i don't know what it is with him he just i don't want to say washed i don't think he's washed i think he's rusty because there's flashes of like vintage bow and then he he'll throw like a weird interception and i don't know if it's just because the receiving talent really isn't there in Calgary like it was for him in past years. Really, what's wrong there? But for me, rock with the hot hand to go with Jake Mayer until, you know, Bo is 100% ready to be back. Now to move to the other side of the ball. Uh, what did we think of David Watford's performance? Yeah, well, I don't like... It obviously wasn't the best performance of all time, but he didn't throw three interceptions and uh, have like have big turnovers or anything like that, and he managed to get them the win. So uh, 
not not the worst performance by David Watford for sure, but uh, season's young. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, no, I I saw him. It looked like he kind of had an idea and he knew what he was doing. Um, I think Hamilton might be growing into. They're having some growing pains, but I think they might be growing into the next Calgary, where it's just like they've always got that next man up, and they're just gonna keep finding a way to be, maybe not successful as of yet, but at least competitive. For me, man, I don't know. Like, as a Ryder fan, David Watford was not that good for us. <laughs> he was here. Like, he was, he was a nice mobile quarterback, but I thought, okay, he's going to Hamilton. Maybe they're going to try and convert him into a receiver because he's got that body type that would work well as a receiver. But no, he actually had a pretty good game. He had it, what, 86% uh, completion percentage? That's wild, you know? So. Against Calgary's defense too. This isn't Ottawa. That's a, a joke of a mm. team. So it's like, well, don't yeah. but don't forget to include he only had 149 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, sure. He didn't push the ball very much. So you just in that situation, kind of wonder. But for me, it's like better than I thought he would do. So it's all right. Yeah. And then. The Riders finally bounced back. Uh, they defeated the Argos 30-16. to And I believe this might have been Taylor's point, or is this Carter's? Uh, the attendance no, at the Rider game was... No. Did you feel like this was low? Uh, well, I mean, we discussed it a bit, but the paid attendance was like 26,000, 25,000. But, but uh, it, it, I mean, it did look a little empty on TV, if I'm being honest with you, watching it. Like, you could definitely see some empty sections. And uh, while well, you were at the game, what did you think? Uh, I didn't think it was too bad. It started to fill up uh, a little bit later than normal. And that could be just because of the situation with uh, proof of vaccination. So maybe people got in a bit later. But for me, when I got there, it was fine. Like the oh, line was good. weirdly shorter than normal. Like the last Tower Mini home games, it was a lot shorter than those lines, which was super weird. But oh wow! Hey, actually, it worked out, so that's not bad. And then, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the side effect of it being a late game on a Friday, whereas a lot of Rider fans aren't necessarily based in Regina. They're, I think, almost half or or over half of season ticket holders are from outside of Regina, so you gotta think of those people in Saskatoon and PA, you know, they is it really making sense for you to make the, you know, however many Four hours hour to drive trip. there, you know, and you might yeah. have to, and maybe you can't get work to go early, right? So it's, you might not even get there in time for the start of the game, so it's just like, That's why true. not watch it on TV, right? So yeah. I think that was probably the big reason. I think if this was a late game on a Saturday, you'd probably see a lot more, but just because it's a Friday and people work, I think that's probably why the attendance wasn't as uh, cracking over the 30,000 mark as normal. And then I think this might have been Taylor. Is William Powell the second back best running back in the league, or where does he rank for you? Yeah, I was just kind of asking, like, he had his first kind of explosive game, but it just made me think like with the running backs in the league, you got James Wilder, uh, Andrew Harris, William Stanback, William Powell. We have ranked like, well, I guess I've ranked Powell as second best before, but James Wilder's come back and he's exploded. And uh, 
Standbacks. Yeah, I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Oh, and tip, do not spoil uh, your whole running back rankings, because we'll get to that in a later point. But continue. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about our specific? Oh, yeah. Running backs? So, like, where, where does William Powell rank for you, basically, among all the CFL running backs? Yeah. Um, I would say tied for third. Okay, that's fair for me. I think he's fourth. Yeah. I got a couple guys ahead of him, but I think he's fourth. Uh, last couple weeks though, he's been making a an argument to move up, but he started really slow. So, firm fourth for me. And then, is Arbuckle the problem in Toronto? That's an interesting take. Well, that yeah, that's just the question I was asking because, like, he he didn't have the worst game of his career, like two touchdowns and a pick, and the pick was I think near the end of the game. But you know, he still didn't do enough on offense to to score more, and uh, like they just they couldn't keep up. Even if the riders slowed down a bit, they they just could not keep up, and they didn't look consistent or anything like that on offense. I mean, I don't know. It's weird because I'm looking at his stats and they're very, very comparable to Fajardo's stats in the game. Yeah, it's true. So I, think, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to call him the problem. Yeah, I don't think he's the problem either. I look at the numbers here. I think the biggest issue is the look at the difference in the run game is so significant. You have Powell who had 21 carries for 122 yards. And you got John White over here who has seven carries for 39 yards. So, <laughs> and I, they got to just start DJ Foster there over him. John yeah. White is just not what he used to be. He's washed. I said this like at the start of the year and caught heat for it. And it's like, hey, I was right. But at the same time, yeah, I feel like maybe you have to invest more in Foster at this point because John White clearly is not getting it done. Or maybe you sign a Brandon Rutley or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And then let's jump into the BC versus Montreal game. BC beat Montreal 27 to 18. And I know we've talked about the crossover a little bit here, but does this game change your opinion on there being uh, a crossover team or not? Uh, No, it, that's tough because... It's really it's going to depend how that East ends up because I think like it's going to stay Winnipeg, Sask, BC, uh, for mm-hmm. the rest of the year, and then it's yeah. just like if Edmonton keeps up, but I, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to keep up. They got Trevor Harris out for six weeks. Uh, so yeah, like it. I mean, it could happen, but I don't think with the way BC's or sorry with the way Edmonton's playing that it's going to happen this year. Uh, yeah, Ottawa or not Ottawa. Uh, Montreal's got a game in hand on Edmonton, and they're tied for uh for points. Oh yeah, that's a good point. So if Montreal wins that game, then all of a sudden crossover gets locked out. Yeah. So, I think if there's gonna be a crossover team, it's probably gonna be Edmonton. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fair point. Uh, for me. Yeah, like I just said, it's going to be Edmonton if there is one. They look to have found their groove. And then, unfortunately, Trevor Harris got put on the sixth game. So, I guess it just depends how long is he out for, right? Because if that offense can kind of get back to their groove, then I think they're 
they probably do get the crossover, but if he's out for any significant period of time, they're in some trouble. Now, mm -hmm. speaking of the Elks, uh, Winnipeg just keeps rolling as they down the Elks. 37 to 22. And Edmonton's backup and former XFL quarterback Taylor Cornelius made his CFL debut. What are our thoughts on him? Oh, well, it was definitely a rough outing for him, but uh, we, we've seen worse outings. I mean, he threw three picks and like he was under 60% completion. So definitely not a good game and lots of room to improve, but uh, he still threw 240 yards. So not, not the worst, but yeah, definitely just uh, a lot of work to go. I will say I would no, by no means hit the panic button yet. In terms, maybe on the season in general, but not on Taylor Cornelius. Yeah. I like, as much as that stat line is ugly, I really liked what I saw for a first game. Yeah. It was like, like it was just a, some unfortunate situations, and he looked like he was willing to sort of step up, though, like step up in the pocket and that, get a 14-yard rush, like, so he's willing to use his legs, like, he just... You know, he looks like someone who is comfortable being a CFL quarterback. That's fair. For me, I feel like, okay, he's a young guy. He's only 26, so that's all right. And there was definitely some points where you could tell it was his first start and he hasn't been in the CFL very long with some of the throws he was making, but I did see some flashes for him of good play. So. I think it's just the growing pains of being like a true rookie and being mm. very fresh faced. Yeah. I, look, I look more at the arm and how is that? He's definitely got the arm to play in this league. Some of his reads were questionable, but for me, I think he's just got to get used to that larger CFL field. And I think he could actually do some damage. Mm -hmm. And then this is why I said to hold off your running back rankings. Uh, James Wilder balled out once again, so I gotta ask, is he the best running back in the CFL? Uh, see, that, it, it's so tough because we're early in the year, we didn't have preseason, so everyone's still kind of going, like, and Andrew, like Andrew Harris missed some games, because like, if he didn't miss those games, his stats would be above everybody else's, I think, so it's kind of tough to say, like, I'd still say Andrew Harris is the best, but... I think it'd be a uh, yeah, like a battle between James Wilder, Standback, and now Powell. Not at the start of the year, but now I think he's going to get there. So, uh, yeah, not quite the best, but it's it's definitely tight near the top. And then, honestly, I think it drops off quite a bit after that. You know, like you just don't see the production quite with the other guys. Like Cody Fajardo and Vernon Adams are seventh and eighth in rushing yards in the league. Brady Oliveira's in the top 10 still, and yeah. he hasn't played since week two, Jeez. I think. Or week, exactly. Week three, so yeah. like, the league doesn't have a lot of big productive backs right now. So, like, the top's, the top's full, but that bottom is, I mean, it's full of bottom too, I guess. I will say, I do think James Wilder, as of right now, is the best running back in the league. Um, when I was saying that Powell was tied for fourth, I was actually saying tied, or tied for third. Um, so putting him in the top four. The guy we was tied with in my mind was Andrew Harris right now. I think Andrew Harris could transcend everybody later on, but just from what I've seen so far, 
maybe it's due to the Bombers playing a little bit more pass-heavy than they have in years past. Um, it just looks like he's not as vital. He's still very important to the team. I don't think he's as vital as he was in past years. Um, after that, I've got, just according to the rushing yard stats, I've got Wilder in first and Standback in second. Yeah, for me, it's uh, Wilder, Standback, Harris, Powell. And mm. I would have Standback ahead, but he had a lot of trouble with the receiving game early on in the season. And you just watch Wilder, it is hard to stop him. Like he, but, he'll keep fighting for extra yards like crazy, and you're seeing a lot of that rookie of the year uh, from years past of him in Edmonton. So, yeah, I, I definitely think he's the best running back in the league right now. The the thing I just want to say before we move on is just, like, I'm trying to consider touchdowns too, and it's really tough because, like, James Wilder just got his first two touchdowns of the year this week. And Andrew Harris, has he broken the – yeah, he got the one yep, touchdown. Yep, Powell's yeah, only yeah. got one. Stanback has one. But Carey uh, for Calgary, he's got just under, like, 370 yards and four touchdowns. And, like, yeah, like, he's he, – you know, he's been more consistent than these other guys, and he's still in the top five of rushing yards. So, yeah, it, like, it's tough. It's really tough, I think. Yeah, for me, Carey is probably number five. I just – I don't know. I think Wilder's definitely better, but – Oh yeah, overall, but yeah, it's just the the touchdown production has been, uh, it's been it hasn't been as much this year from the running backs. True, but at the same time, I don't really factor in touchdowns because if you do that, what is Sean McGuire then? <laughs> By the way, if you've been playing him in fantasy, you were like a four hundred IQ player. You're probably making a couple damn. of good, like you're you're making points like points per value. Yeah. Yeah, he's had like two rushing TDs for like the last three weeks or something. So that's 12 points. So there you go. And then our last point on this game. How concerned are you if you're an Elks fan seeing uh, Cornelius throw three interceptions? Well, I mean, I think they should have been panicking a bit as a fan base already. Just they haven't mm-hmm. been able to compile any wins yet. Like, I, I know they got two wins so far, but... They just they haven't pulled it off when they've needed to, even with the full roster. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be definitely concerned there. But uh, all the pieces are just got to click. So it's just a matter of time. But you just hope they don't fall uh, too far behind before it's too late, I guess. It's scary because is it almost too late? Like what? You're two games back on uh, your two games back on BC, Saskatchewan. Um, what? You're four games down now yeah on winnipeg like it looks like to even like just get into a spot like people were saying that edmonton was going to finish first and now to even host the playoff game it's looking extremely unlikely yeah like because mm-hmm. what right now right now i have like in terms of like let's take first second third out of the equation just for who's going to be hosting a playoff game i think it's going to be winnipeg is hosting one and I don't know who's going to be hosting the other, but I think they're going to make it close with Winnipeg regardless. They might overtake even. But if I were to throw something right there, it'd be probably Sask. Yeah. But I can't have, like, you can't look at this lineup and be like, oh, yeah, Edmonton's going to make the playoffs. Like, you can't. Well, I like their team. It's just they've been so streaky, right? Because there's been games where it's like, oh, Trevor Harris and the offense has figured it out. And then... Oh no, now he's hurt and we have Cornelius, you know, and who knows what he's going to be. Well, so. and 
their defense as well. Like only Ottawa's let up more points this year than Edmonton on defense. True. So yeah, like that's they're having some issues back there. Good front seven, but that that like the backs, they're letting things go back there. Backs have been getting better as the season's gone on, but yeah, that's true because it's a whole new defense, pretty much. So yeah. And then let's jump into our mid-season awards uh, for this year. So usually we do an award show at the end of every season, even though we've only been around one season. Doing it again. So we're going to start with the Most Outstanding Player Award and who we think is going to win. And for me, basically, flip a coin between Zach Kalaros and Michael Riley. For me yeah that's fair i was gonna say like i got caleros too but i was kind of thinking at the same time they could like i wonder if they give it to lucky whitehead if he keeps playing the way he's playing i like that do they want to give it to another receiver after brandon banks though that's fair Uh, maybe i hate that whole politics thing just give it to whoever's the best right yeah exactly but anyway but i get why you're saying that uh i'm going with uh with michael riley right now um, he is currently only 130 yards behind Caleros, and the Bombers aren't playing this week in BCR. Um, so I think, I mean, if if he doesn't get 130 passing yards, then oh no. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I think after this game, he'll be well in hand of like first place for passing yards and probably passing touchdowns as well. True, it's just a lot of the MOP debate, too, it goes into their record, right? That's why you saw Cody get nominated, so... For me, it's like the Bobbers are probably going to have a better record than BC. Mm. So, maybe that that. leans in Kolaros' favor, but... I also, I do think Michael Riley's the better player, so that's why I have him. But yeah, I will say, I will say, it's like, I think that Michael Riley is way more valuable to BC than Kolaros is to Winnipeg. True. Really? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I guess, I guess. I just, I think, like, Winnipeg has something special with Zach this year, and, uh, like, they're still building off last year. I just, no one's been able to do what they're doing with him so far, and I, yeah, I just, I... Yeah, he, we'll, yeah. we'll touch, I'll touch on that a bit later when we reach a different point, but... Alright, so on to our most outstanding defensive player. This one was unanimous. My boy! Jackson Jeffcoat. Friend of Carter and I guess the I, show. I, so there we yep, go. I just I just got a jersey for uh for the bombers with ninety four on it. So nice. I've been uh, I've been waiting for a while. They're normally two hundred and ten. They went on sale for one hundred and fifty. Ooh, that's a so, steal. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah. Is there anyone else really in contention right now? Because he's just been dominated. Uh, well, let me go to league leaders on the. Yeah, that's t- like Bola Combo, but he's not having the impact that Jackson Jeffcoat is. Yeah, and like, like even Bola if you Combo just consider... has one forced fumble to Jackson's four. Yeah, um, like he's not even on the or well, maybe he's in the top ten. I can't even tell because there's a billion people who are tied for fifth with three, and then <laughs> Jackson Jackson has five, and there's only two players who have more than him, and they only have one more than him. Those being Woodard and Lemon. Like well, you can't. Oh. So just the impact he's had like per game, you know what I mean? Like just mm. the the plays that he's destroyed these quarterbacks for touchdowns and stuff. Like he's and just he's been lights out. And you're looking at the um and if you look at the um 
at like the other side of it, like with interceptions and even just overall tackles, nobody's jumping off the page like he is. True. Yeah. Like there's a couple of people who have picks, but like the max that anybody has is three. Yeah, like he's and a real a... game breaker. Mm-hmm. So there we go. And then let's go to most outstanding Canadian, which is also unanimous. Is Bo Lacombo, who we now just we briefly talked about. about. Bo yeah. Lacombo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he's he's been playing really good. Like, he's having a great year in BC this year. And, uh, I mean, you could talk about him for defense, not quite the impact, but definitely the best Canadian for sure, I think, this year. Like, I, yeah, I couldn't think of anybody else. I mean, dude's tied for first in picks for for the entire league. So, even though I said that wasn't a crazy stat, he's still tied for first on it. And he is uh, he's tied for sixth place in tackles in the league. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's excellent. An impact. He's a guy that can play basically anywhere on the field, too. So you love to see that. And I mean, there was a reason he was a Canadian and he was in the NFL for a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think fair pick full of combo for BC. And then most outstanding lineman. Also unanimous. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to sense a pattern here. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think we all have Stanley Bryant. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we don't have other O-line stats to go off of. But for me, best O-line has definitely been Winnipeg. So We are all dumb all the time. <laughs> and that's why we have Stanley Bryant. Because we were just like, yo, who is good? That's it. <laughs> yep. It's like Shane Bergman's gone. Cla- God damn it. You know, but if you're keeping Zach Claro's healthy, you got to be doing a hell of a job. And that yeah. guy has not seen the turf that much this year. I got him. Yeah. I got to reach out to, uh, to Derek Taylor and ask him about, uh, sacks allowed per team. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. And then best rookie Canadian, which is semi unanimous. Uh, for me, I have KSB slash Jordan Williams. Uh, Jordan Williams has been, Starting all year for BC and making an impact, and honestly, there wasn't really anybody else doing anything for a while, so I thought this was kind of a give me. But then Ian Schaefer Baker came out and just absolutely ripped it up as a receiver for the Riders. So for me, if he keeps doing that and they keep him involved in the offense, I think you almost have to have his name thrown in there. Well, if he stays consistent, sure. But like he's just had one game so far, so we, I, yeah, I want to see more out of him. But uh, you know, Jordan Williams second in the league with uh, tackles, and he's got an interception and a sack, and he's even got a couple special teams plays. So yeah, I think he's doing really good for uh, for uh, rookie Canadians this year. Yeah, this is where we get into a um, a bit of a sort of miscommunication between what I thought the, these standings were and what you thought these standings were. I thought that they were. Like, if the awards were coming out today, not who are we predicting to win down the line. Oh, it could be so either. That's why, that's, why, yeah. that's why I have Jordan Williams. But I believe if KSB continues his um, his production levels, that he will win it at the end of the year. Yeah, he's had three really good games this year. Week three versus Ottawa, four catches, 64 yards. Uh, week six versus Winnipeg, seven for 73. And then last week, he had nine for 99 and a touchdown. So, yeah, he's been doing well. And then, last but not least, we have Best Rookie American. I listed a bunch of options just because. I have Jonathan Woodard, 
Darnell Stanky of Calgary and Sean Oakman of Toronto. Yeah, I mean, uh, Woodard, I mean, he's tied in the league lead for sacks, so he's been having a good year. He needs to just, yeah, keep it up. And someone I'd like to see get in the conversation would be uh, DJ Foster if they keep giving him the ball. Uh, he's not a rookie to this, like to football, but it's his first year in the CFL. So, and I think he's had quite an impact in Toronto. Like they got to be looking at him potentially to uh, split time with John White, and they kind of have been. So, yeah, I just think he's had a really good impact so far too. Okay, uh, before before I get into who I am, uh, who I have, I'm sure you can see what I'm doing to the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is Darnell Sankey. Yeah. I don't know um, where I got the T from. My bad. But uh, anyway, I've got uh, Jonathan Woodard as my best rookie American. You look at him and he's keeping up with the likes of Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson and Sean Lemon. He is tied for first in sacks. He is tied for third in forced fumbles. Like he's the he's one of four players in the CFL to get multiple forced fumbles. He's the only one who is not a part of the Blue Bombers to have multiple forced fumbles. Yeah, he's been stud and he started out the year as a rotational defensive end and He's just really coming to his own, so. And then let's jump into our power rankings. So, no secret uh, for me, Winnipeg number one. Sask number two, they get that spot back. Uh, BC number three. BC finally jumps because they beat a real team. Toronto number four. They lost to the Riders, which, I mean, they're a good team, so. Then Hamilton, number five, just because I don't trust them with David Watford. Edmonton, number six, kind of the same deal there. Montreal, I still don't know what they're doing week to week, honestly. Calgary, just, again, because of the QB controversy and Bo looking rusty. And Ottawa, because they should have been relegated already. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt, man. One win. It's not looking good for them. Well, Devin Hodger will turn it around. We'll yep. see. The duck will come in at the end of the season, win a couple games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my my rankings start the same. I got Winnipeg number one. That's undisputed. Uh, I got Sask at number two and BC at three just because Sask did beat BC earlier this year, but this week's going to see who gets that number two spot. Uh, then I got Hamilton, Toronto, and Montreal. Uh, like you said, just, uh, yeah, don't know what's going on with Montreal. They are so inconsistent at this point. Uh, it's starting to get scary there if they're going to be able to keep going up or down. And then, uh, yeah, Edmonton and Ottawa at the bottom. And uh, sorry if I didn't include Calgary there. Calgary, Edmonton, and Ottawa. Yeah, just uh, not looking good in Alberta. And uh, Ottawa, like you said, yeah, they're just, they are just dog crap this year. Um, I will say... Um... There's a there's a Twitter account that I want to shout out. I don't know if you guys have been seeing them on your Twitter feed. Uh, it is at Pork Rankings. Oh, I've heard of them. Yep, they are so. That is is pretty cool. Um, they are an Edmonton Elks fan, I believe, and they make uh power rankings, but it's Pork Rankings. Yeah, so it's yep. like Bombers are number one, so they're bacon. Lions are two, so they're tomahawk chop. Uh, chop. Riders are pork cheek, owls are pork relay, like, or pork roulettes. I don't know how to pronounce that one, but it's so, it's just fun to see. And like, all the descriptions are pretty funny. Yep. And it's like, sitting at the bottom are red blacks with spam. <laughs> Jeez. <Yep. laughs> I will say, though, like, if you fry spam, it can be pretty good. So. 
Interesting. Like other team, like if you're a fan of a of a certain team and you're watching them fry Ottawa, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so I've got Winnipeg in first for my power rankings. I have BC in second. I had them in fifth last week. I was kind of saying like I, I'd, it'd be really easy for me to move them up if they beat a real team, and they did. Um, I've got Sask in third, Hamilton in fourth, Toronto in fifth. Montreal in sixth, Calgary seventh, Edmonton eighth, and I've got Ottawa bringing up the rear in nine. Nice. Sa- BC at number two and Sasky three. That's an interesting one. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, we'll see what, what happens next week. So let's jump into CFL fantasy. Uh, how did you guys do last week? Because apparently some people were saying it was a hard week. I, I oh man I had a great week except for the empty spot on my roster like I accidentally had Quan Bray in they had no I... updates for him on the CFL thing and uh yeah other than that like all my guys were above uh Zach Claros was my yeah he had 12 Linnaeus had 10 but other guys like James Wilder at 25 so it was a good week yeah no I mean Oh, I need to. Oh, hold up! I need to go grab my fantasy stuff. It's all good. I'll talk about mine while we're waiting. I yeah, had yeah, a, yeah. I had an amazing week. I got 125 points. Well, 124.4, but close enough. So, <laughs> way better than my best week, which was the week before. So, uh, I started picking defense and going cheap at receiver and. So far, that's been working for me. Uh, the only guy who didn't, or my lowest guy last week was DJ Foster, who got me 7.7. But other than that, absolutely crushed it with a bunch of my picks. So, Yeah, I didn't really. Um, like, my best player was Andrew Harris with 15 points. Oh, he man. He was not a good time, yeah. All right, and um, if you want to play against us in CFL Fantasy, you can still join our league. I believe it's public, so yep. you just search up True North Canadian Football Podcast. I'll add a picture to that league, and you can find our league there to play against us in Fantasy. So, for quarterbacks, I've got Michael Riley being the top quarterback at 11824 and Nick Arbuckle at $10,020. Are there any other options that you guys are considering this week? Oh, yeah. I oh. got, uh, I got, uh, I'm confident this week. I got Cody Fajardo in my lineup this week in BC. Ooh. I think, like, like we were saying in the power rankings, I got Sask there for a reason above BC. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to show this week. I mean, I'm going with Michael Riley this week, but I am rocking with a with a Sask receiver. But we'll get there when we get there. Yep. And then running back, I've got William Powell at eight thousand two hundred and one dollar. <laughs> uh, stand back at eight thousand five. Anthony Coombs, who they're using as a receiver, but is considered a running back, is four thousand eight hundred and seventy eight. DJ Foster at 4,257 and James Butler at 3,593. Yeah, no, nothing to add. I got Powell and Stam back in my lineup, so that's the way to rock this week, I think. I'm doing uh I'm doing stand back and DJ Foster. Oh, that's all what right. I'm, going with. I'm doing stand nice. back and butler. 
I might have to flip that around, but we'll see. And then wide receiver, I've got BJ Cunningham. Javon. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't say BJ's amount. Uh, 6,390. Javon Katoy at 5,132. Ryan Davis at 4,128. And Tim Williams at 3,639. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I got Tim. It's Tim White, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Tim White and a value pick for my other receiver. So I'll tell you about that in a bit. Um. Okay, then I'll do the same. But I got a. I got Jalen Acklin in. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, All right. I've got Katoy, Tim White, and a value pick. So. And then I've got I've got Shaq Johnson in there as well, actually. Nice. All right, and then on to our value picks. We've got Nate Bahar at. 3,362. I think this is the guy that we all have that's a value pick. Uh, Ken Schaefer Baker at 3,249. Malik Irons at 2,612. Sorry, people who picked Jackson Bennett. Uh, Keon Hatcher at 2,500. Any and, other guys you'd add there? Yeah, I'm, uh, See, I see you're riding the uh, like the the high game there for Schaefer Baker. Curious if that's going to happen again. So I'm going Braden Lenius this week at thirty three eighteen. Ooh, I'm going. Is... I'm sticking with KSB. Yeah, KSB's had three good weeks, so I'm I'm rocking with him. The riders just like when people start to get good, that's when they start going to other people. So that's that's why I'm saying that. That's, that's why fair. I'm going somewhere else. Oh yeah, KSB has perform outperformed Linus four straight weeks. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All He's right. cheaper too, so Yeah. And then Malik Irons, I'm suggesting, because I think he got the majority of the points for Hamilton when Sean Thomas Erlington was out, and he's probably the number two back there going forward. So if STE isn't playing again or he's getting limited reps, Irons is the way to go. DC has been really targeting Keon Hatcher a lot, trying to get him going. So it's another pick you guys should look at. And then onto locks. I've had the man the last two weeks and the two weeks have been my best weeks. So I'm going with Michael Riley again. That's a, that's a good pick. I'm going uh William Powell this week for my lock. I just, uh, yeah, I think he's back and he's going to light him up in BC like he did uh, the last season. So uh, yeah, good pick this week. I mean, I'm taking KSB. He's my value pick, and he's my lock. I think he's going to really perform. I love that. A lock value pick. That's rare. And then let's jump into our pick I am still below 500 at 10 and 14. <laughs> okay, I should have picked Sask to win. That was my bad. So I've got Hamilton eating Ottawa, obviously, because Ottawa's a flag team. I've got Toronto beating Montreal. And Saskatchewan beating BC. Oh, that's well. Yeah, we agree across the board. I got Hamilton beating Ottawa. I think Toronto's gonna like Montreal's gonna have a flop game, and then yeah, Saskatchewan's on the road in BC. It's weird. Normally, I feel like I'm pretty like like okay with my picks, and that I'm kind of like riding in between what you guys do. But no, I'm uh, I'm almost completely opposite. I've got Hamilton obviously, but then I got Montreal and BC. So the one thing we know is Hamilton's going to lose this week. So that's good oh, to know. Yep. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened last week. We all picked Calgary. And then, but yeah, otherwise it's interesting, but we'll see. 
Uh, as long as we're doing... Oh yeah, you picked the same as the CFL experts, but I want to point out, Carter was actually first. I've got the receipts to prove it, so... There you go. Hey, well, and they're all below 500, and Carter's not below 500. Exactly, so. Carter's crushing True. everybody, so listen Close to Carter. Go. Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. The, the thing that I'm happy about is that I can't go under 500 this week, even if True. I go... Oh, and three. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I'm feeling okay. <laughs> that's then, my goal. I want to finish yeah. above 500. That, that's actually a good goal. I'm trying to get there, but we'll see. I believe in you, bro. Not this week, but after. <laughs> Not this <laughs> week. All right, bro. All right, so on to our game time cues. Hamilton versus Ottawa. What can we expect from David Watford in his second start? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good question. And with him on a short week, they played, what, uh, Friday? Uh, yep. I believe. Yeah, no, and then they play on... Uh, hold on. They play oh, they tomorrow. Played, yeah, they play Friday. Yeah, but they like they played on Friday, and oh, they yeah. were playing on Wednesday. Yep. So, right. oh, yeah, uh, I just, uh, I, like, I don't, I don't expect much out of Watford in this game, but uh, I think Hamilton's defense will pull off a victory for them for sure. And it's Ottawa, so. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, I feel like we can expect Watford for like a slight improvement, but there's no way that Hamilton's defense lets Ottawa take control of this game. If I was a risk taker in fantasy, I'd say take David Watford, but it's at the same risk. time, I I <laughs> yeah. compare him to Dominic Davis, so that really tells you all you need to know. And Ottawa's got an average defense, but they're on the field all the time, so. I just I think he's gonna do a little bit better, but I think we're gonna see a couple picks from him for sure. And then Montreal versus Toronto. Uh does this matchup has have the most implications this week? Well, it's potentially, I guess, for second place, uh yeah, second place in the East. But uh I think Montreal's got bigger fish to fr- like they gotta get more consistent first than like if they can win this game and be in second for the week, but then they can lose the next two because of bad penalties and not playing well. So I think they really got to worry about the implications of not being consistent with victories first. Yeah, no, I don't think this game has the most implications this week, though. I think Saskatchewan versus BC does, because I think whichever team wins this game is going to be the other team beside Winnipeg that hosts a playoff game. Ooh, that's a good take. Mm-hmm. For me... Uh, I think it does. This is kind of the battle for second in the West, so or East, sorry. So I feel like Montreal is gotta show up for this game. And Sask versus BC. Is this game a toss-up in your mind? Because a lot of people are picking BC, and I don't see why. Yeah, well, I guess like if you look at it that way, I'd say yes, but uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but I do think Saskatchewan comes out by at least a touchdown, honestly. I mean, I think those games are a lot closer than you think because, I mean, the way that I looked at the Bombers beating Saskatchewan is, like, they were surprising. Like, they were taking, like, whenever Saskatchewan gave up a big play, Winnipeg always delivered on it. There weren't, weren't a lot of missed opportunities. And I think that's only going to be, like, multiplied when you see BC with Michael Riley chucking it up to Lucky Whitehead. That's a whole nother level compared to Caleros throwing it to Lawler. Yeah. It's so true. That that's what scares me if I was a Saskatchewan fan. Yeah, they gotta watch the big plays this game, but 
I, I just, for me, I think this is Saskatchewan's back to form. I think they're crushing BC, but is what it is. And then, do we want to? Yeah, let's jump into our COVID activities. So, for me, I've got Plant Side 2. Obviously, Battlefield 2042 got delayed, so kind of quenching my thirst for a shooter here. Free to play, uh, massive scale. I think the map fits about 1,500 players on it, and kind of fight for control of different sections of the map, and it's you know, 100 versus 100 players and stuff. Super fun. Highly recommend. Mm, yeah, sounds cool. Uh, well, I got a I got a show recommendation. It just came out on Netflix. Uh, it's called Squid Game. And uh, it's a like I'm not I'm not one for English dub shows, but it's a Korean show that they basically this company or the these group of people find people that are in tons and tons of debt and will do anything basically for money. and they take him away to just compete in these child games, but it's uh, not quite child games. It's uh, quite violent, but uh hell of a story. And it's a great watch. I've been hooked. I got one episode left and yeah, it's really recommended. And uh, Spider-Man just been playing lots of Spider-Man lately too. So nice. So yeah, for me, my game of choice right now has been rocket league. I've kind of got back into that grind. Um, I've been having a blast with it. Um, Diamond Three, trying to get back into champ. Nice, um, nice. But uh, I got an announcement. Me, my girlfriend, and my buddy, we have decided that if the bombers get there, we're gonna actually be flying out and watching the cup. Nice, nice. Yeah, oh, that'll we, be uh, good. We booked the Airbnb today. Sick. You guys got tickets um, then, or what's the plan? Uh, tickets aren't available yet for regular people. Only uh, only Hamilton season ticket holders can buy. Great ah, tickets. okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, tickets go on sale mid-October. Well, if you go, you're going to have to let us know. We're probably going to be salty, because that probably means the riders didn't make it, but is what it is. <laughs> hey, bro, we just need a, re- we need a rerun of 2007, but... Oh, oh wait, no, not 2007. Oh, wait! I would yeah, take yeah. 2007. Y'all won, won 2007, but yeah, we need to I would take it. 2007. Need, I thought you were bringing up the goalposts. No, no, we <laughs> need to run it back though. We need to have a rematch of that. So, so no offense, but y'all got to drop to uh to crossover. Oh, <laughs> I'd be down for that, but hey, if, if if that's what it takes and if that's what we get, wouldn't Winnipeg have to do it? Because technically, they are the East team in that playoff, but. I mean, technically, if you want to go fully, but I'm just looking to see both teams in the cup. I don't care which side is which. Fair enough. See, I'd rather have it next year where it's in Regina. Oh, that hell yeah. And then, yeah, like would, a Regina-Winnipeg great Would cup. you want that, though? Oh, absolutely. Because the first Western semifinal in that stadium was won by Winnipeg. The first Western final in that stadium was won by Winnipeg. Hey, like, fool me once, shame on you. For, yeah, you know? Yeah, oh, it ain't gonna happen a third time. Yeah, third, third time's time. the charm. So we'll see. <laughs> As I have my fingers crossed, I'm hoping. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> and then that wraps up the show today. Thank you for listening. I'm just gonna plug the socials real quick and our where you can find us. So follow the True North Canadian Football Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True North CF Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to us uh, at, on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. 
I have been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.